Welcome everybody to Wild Fire Tribe Podcast. We are down by the banks of the river again, out of the studio in our on the road studio, and we are surrounded by beautiful birds. My name is Kylie, and I am the female part of this duo, Wild Fire Tribe Podcast, and we are talking all things mystical, all things real life. We are talking all those things that can bring you into an expanded reality of what this world is all about. And sitting to my right... Yes, hello, my name's Sean. Welcome to Wildfire Tribe Podcast. And we're outside underneath a tree with lovely birds singing for you in the background as well. So welcome to our podcast. Today's topic is part two of what we did last week, which was... Is laughter the best medicine? Is laughter the best medicine? Part two, this is. Yes, part two, because we really had so much that we hadn't even began to unpack last week. And it's crazy because often we find ourselves in these situations where things can be possibly a little bit challenging and we're finding ourselves in the midst of needing to have that joy, that joy that strengthens us. What is this place that opens us up to the energetic frequencies around us in our world that can bring us into higher places of functioning how do we do this could it be something as simple as a laugh that could unlock that place of more for us and is the secret hidden in that place of realizing that I can just be laughing I can bring myself into a state of laughter like fake it until you make it to bring myself into that place of higher conscious reality and that I don't have to just sit around moping waiting for something funny to happen around me but I can actually bring that toward me through the energies that I'm giving off could that be a possibility? So where does laughter come from then like is it connected to anything at all what about joy is joy a part of laughter is laughter connected to joy is joy inside you is joy something outside of you how does it all work how do you just decide that your life is not as you want it to be and that laughter is the thing that you need how do you decide to just make laughter come out and change things for you And what about those drunken laugh people? Those people that just laugh because they're drunk, intoxicated on the wine of the father's love, like in that intoxicated place, in any kind of mystical Christian circles or any of that kind of space where you will be engaging with people who seem to have that that laughter that just bubbles up from within them. What is that? And what is it that is happening in that space that is like, what is that doing? So probably in that space, the Christian mystic space, the best example of the joy person, the laughter person would have to be someone like Justin Abraham from Company of Burning Hearts. He's a person that has traveled around the world for many, many years, probably 20 or so years, spreading the gospel of joy. And he absolutely is intentional about spreading joy and having laughter breakouts within his gatherings. And we watched one recently from the 2023 Joy Fest, which was in Wales. 
and a friend of his, uh, John Scotland, was actually sharing a message. He is a joy person. He was a person that 20 years ago went to a conference, came home and landed in joy and has really been a person of drunkenness for 20 years and has just laughs and staggers around and falls over. And it's a very interesting phenomena, really, to be experiencing. It's very interesting to be around. It's not something that I've been around in the natural so often. I have a background in hotels, in pubs, and I have served people beer and wine, spirits, etc. for many, many years, for 20 odd years, and have been around that type of drunkenness all of that time to the point where it just felt like it was normal. It was actually, some people would sometimes say, how do you handle being sober around these drunk people all the time? And I never really thought of people as being drunk because it just became normal to be around so I do have that experience I know what it's like to be around people that drink and become drunk and are in that place of joy in that kind of drunkenness but I'm not used to being around the drunken joy of God type stuff. Yeah, totally. It is a little bit of a different experience, but it's really very real because I have been in both situations and as Sean was saying, like around drunk people our whole lives really. I don't know a time in my life when at some point I was encountering or being around people that were drunk from alcohol. So for me too, it was interesting to realize that there was actually a drunkenness, like a laughter, a bubbling up place that I could find in my connection with God that was a real thing. And I think for me, I I thought, oh, wow, when I started to discover this, I want this. Like, this is what I've been trying to find in all of my drunken states over the course of my whole life. I've wanted that place of, you know, that place of inebriation where you're coming into this space of just being intoxicated and not caring Like that is kind of that place you find when you're getting really drunk, isn't it? Like you don't care what people think, you're more relaxed. Well, the drunkenness that I've been used to being around, absolutely. I don't think that you're even aware of other people's feelings or other people's reactions to the state that you're in anyway, necessarily, once you you achieve that state of drunkenness where uh, everything that's coming out of you seems like it's funny and you're laughing all of the time and everybody around you is laughing you're sort of unaware of your surroundings so therefore in that space when you're unaware of what's going on around you then you just happen to be able to stay in that state that you're in in that happy joyful overflowing state so is it the same as the drunken state that you can find yourself in in the spirit that drunken spirit feeling and is it like this inner desire that we have it's wired into us into our the very makeup into our dna that it's this desire that actually wants us to be in that space of laughter like we want to be having fun with people we want to be gathering with people and laughing together because actually humor is extremely healing it is this thing that they say like we say like laughter is the best medicine 
it is actually true that it can alleviate our stress, that it can ease that tension of our daily life. It's like it reduces our boredom. It brings us into this place of uniting us with people of all kinds of different backgrounds. And we can come into that place where we can laugh together. And I feel like in the seriousness of life, when we're disengaged from our spiritual the spiritual side of ourselves, where we don't realize that we have access to this intoxicating joy in our relationship with the trinity that then we find ourselves oh my gosh i just feel like i need to relax i deserve to have all of these drinks it's another way that we can take ourselves in our own strength into that place of relaxation into that place of like community into that place where we're finding ourselves wanting to have no inhibition and just to enjoy our life and have fun. So last year we travelled for a little while, just uh, short of a couple of weeks with Justin Abraham to a couple of conferences in Australia. And as I was saying before, he is what you would call the joy man. He's that person that travels around spreading the gospel of joy. There's joy outbreaks. There's people laughing. There's people rolling around on the floor laughing. And that's not a natural state for me. That is not a place that... I've found myself in ever in my entire life, even when I was a person that drank a lot of bourbon, a lot of beer, etc. I would be happy, but I wouldn't necessarily be like so happy that I was cry laughing or falling around on the floor. That's not for whatever reason a state that I find myself in. Now, traveling with Justin to these conferences, he definitely goes out of his way to try and spread the joy to those around him and he did that with me he kept on grabbing me and making funny little noises and doing funny little humming things and rocking side to side as he's holding you and dancing and all of that and it was humorous for me it was interesting for me to be around it was interesting for me also knowing that I'm not opposed to the drunken joy at all I'm not opposed to it I'm not against it I'm not I'm I'm not looking at people in those states of drunken joy and laughter and happiness and thinking what is wrong with those people but I'm also not necessarily a person that just likes to go okay well I am one of those people I want things to happen to me Uh, I want them to happen to me from the outside And it took a couple of weeks, but he wore me down and he got me to a point where he was doing some little pecking thing with his hands like a chook, you know, and he's going (laughs) chooky, chooky, chooky and pecking me. And he made me laugh and he had me on the ground. There's actually a few photos we've got on some of our Facebook and some of those other places that uh, you'll be able to see where he got me to a point where I was actually rolling on the ground laughing. But it's not a natural state for me and maybe I fought it. I don't know. Like I have, I'm a person who thinks a lot Uh, Am I an overthinker? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that's even something that I sort of engage with too much, but I do like to process everything, including the the point of what does it take to make me laugh? Should I actually be the person that somehow you know, flicks that switch myself, should I be the person that actually just goes, actually, you know what, doesn't matter how I feel right now, I'm happy. And from there, out of making that decision, 
that more happiness flows towards me. It's definitely something I think about. It's the frequency conversation as well that we talk about a lot. Can you intentionally flick a switch inside of you that decides what frequency you're vibrating at and therefore also attract more of that to you? Yeah. Well, it was one of the things we spoke about last week that this modality of laughter is one of the gateways into enlightenment. Like it's one of the things that the Buddhists use, the happy Buddha, how it it is this place that takes us into realms of wonder and more. There was this quote from a, a guy called Brad Warner who's a Zen teacher. He says, the state of ambiguity, that messy, greasy, mixed up, confused and awful situation that you're living in right now is enlightenment itself. It's like all of those spaces that we find ourselves in, we allow circumstances to be the overriding power and emotion setter in our lives. When we realize that to move forward, we need to be what already is before it becomes, because it already is. And that's the most difficult part about breaking through into any of these spaces is that the energy doesn't come toward us if we're giving out the energy that is repelling everything that we desire away from us. So laughter is one of those crazy things. Last week we spoke about doing that yoga, laughing yoga class where our yoga teacher was teaching us that you just start by laughing, not because there's anything funny happening, not because there's anything to laugh at, but it's actually a thing that you can do with your body. You can just start going, oh, <laughs> and then slowly that will just become a genuine laugh and it's like our body wants that it it knows that when we take it into that state that it's actually starting to engage with the healing aspects of everything that that modality can bring into our life so as i'm sitting here thinking about frequencies and energy and you know what it is that you've decided what state that you're going to function in and how that attracts other things like that i'm sitting actually down by the river looking at a house well it's kind of not a house it's a building that is an administration office that we've looked at and wanted to be our house because it's right down near the river and it's in a good location as we're staring at it i'm thinking about the fact that it's not actually being used much right now it'd be great if it was ours it's in a good location so sitting and functioning in that frequency of deciding that i am going to be happy or joyful or that i'm going to attract things towards me that are for me then i've just decided that that house will be our house yeah i love it and i'm deciding that to join you in union with yes that house would be perfect for so many of the modalities of laughter that we would love to see outworked in that space you have a, <laughs> a time of sitting around there i'm looking up at the house now and i can see the windows overlooking the river i can just imagine people being in there and i was thinking about whilst i'm looking at that house i was i was listening to eckhart toll yesterday talking about frequency etc again as well and about how to manifest in your life desires that you have and he was talking about jesus in the bible talking about you know when you pray 
pray as if you have already received the thing that you're after. So don't don't pray from a place of I have lack and I desire to have that thing over there and I want that thing to come towards me because the, the frequencies don't align. You know, you're, you're functioning out of a place of I have nothing and I want that thing there, but I actually am grateful for everything that I have. It's not like I lack anything right now anyway. And on top of that, I actually feel like I already have that house that's up there anyway because that just would make sense to me that that would be something on top of the gratitude that I already live in it's not something that's coming to me to a place of emptiness that I'm desiring to make my life complete because my life is already complete it's just an addition so is it like that with laughter and joy etc you know I desire to have laughter in my life can you bring that towards you from a place of nothingness can you connect it to something does it come like I said at the beginning connected to joy is joy a being is joy a word is joy something that you can decide to function in and then attract laughter towards can you attract laughter towards yourself as the, as the best form of medicine when you're in a state of absolute misery for whatever reason, for whatever circumstances are happening in your life? You've found yourself in a place of even being unwell, you know, health-wise. Are you able to actually, in the state of poor health, use laughter to turn things around? How do you do that? Well, the enlightened fool is the one who sees the ego trips of society and can still find joy and laughter in its midst. The fool is often the enlightened one, the one with the crazy wisdom, with the laughter and the jokes as their weapon. They cut through mundane conformity and bring to light a latent childlike bliss bubbling just beneath the surface of all of the seriousness. The fool possesses a wisdom that is out of reach of the conformist. It's a playful attitude in touch with enormous amounts of creativity. What I do find ridiculous that I sometimes, when I can sometimes just think about it, is how absurd this whole life is. When you when you get a taste for your creator, when you realize that you were created to be creative, that you've been created for a purpose on earth, and all the intricacies involved in you actually being a human on earth, how your body functions, blood, bones, energy, frequency, trees, things that our creator has created for us. When you try and sit in that and try and just imagine how everything can interact and function, you know, how does gravity work? How does all the different things that man is discovering in science, how does it work? I just find myself getting to a state of drunkenness in that trying to actually imagine how that all functions I don't necessarily find myself in a place of laughter that's that's me personally but I do find myself in a place of drunkenness just going wow like how (laughs) in the world does this all this is just way too much for me to even imagine so allowing myself to get to that place of actually I can't figure it all out so therefore there's no point in trying to figure it all out because the one who created it all has it all figured out anyway. So knowing that, I can just rest in knowing that he has it all worked out. There is no thing to worry about. There is no thing to be anxious about. There's no reason why I have to try and make myself laugh or make myself feel better in any way because the absurdity of it all is that he has it all under control whether it feels like it or not. 
it's not like he needs me to make everything all right because he has made everything all right. Yeah, it's so true. But I also, at the same time, get to actually co-create with him. Yeah. God's not just building things, making things work all around me. He's actually inviting me into that. We've spoken about it before, you know, the perichoresis functioning with him and the Trinity of co-creating our existences on earth and beyond with him. So we can actually function on earth as we're sitting down here by the river. At least that's where we think that we are. It seems like that's where we are. It looks like that's where we are. If you watch this on YouTube later, you'll be able to see what it looks like. Is this an actual reality or not? There is just so much to consider in the all things are possible context of thinking that it's just mind-blowing and sometimes that puts me in that state of drunkenness of for me it's more of a contentment or a peace type state than a laughter type state but I'm also okay with people that are falling around laughing if that's what naturally happens to them I remember going to church many years ago where you know people would come forward down the front at the end of a meeting or something to be prayed for and some people would be touched on the forehead and fall over and and all of those sorts of things and I was never a person that actually ever wanted those things to be a part of my life without them actually being real without them actually just happening to me so I'm open to falling around on the floor laughing because of the absurdity of the gospel and God's love for us I'm open to that but I'm not going to and maybe it's a pride thing maybe it's a something I have to think about but I'm not just going to throw myself on the ground and start laughing but maybe that's what I need to do I don't have all of the answers yeah and I love that I love love that that's what this conversation is all about. It's all about putting everything out there because we don't have all the answers. We're figuring all of this out as we go along too. And we're looking at, okay, what works for other people? What do the experts say? What does the research say? What is our testimony of walking with God? Like, what does our story say? What has worked for us? What hasn't worked for us? And so on and say so on. Osho's says life as it is should be enough reason to laugh it is absurd it is ridiculous it is so beautiful it is so wonderful it is all sorts of things together it's a cosmic joke that's what I just said yeah see you're like wise I just said all of those things but I haven't got a cool name like Osho (laughs) and I said it in a lot more words it's just the same for me it's it's this absurdity of the intricacies of how everything functions beyond our comprehension beyond everybody's comprehension nobody has got it figured out so what else can you do you can choose to just be in a state of absolute distress trying to figure it out or just enjoy the fact that the creator who created it all loves you and you don't have to figure it out And I think it's those places of bliss that we have found ourselves in where we've just gone there is just pure joy in actually just being alive. It's that giggle that you get inside you that just bubbles up like that mad had a giggle that's kind of just like pure joy just being alive Kylie there's considerate pure joy when you face trials of many kinds joy as well yeah how in the world is that supposed to happen I know but I think when you lay down the circumstances and this is the part that I've always found and you then you let yourself come in it's like it is a choice it's not always something that is bestowed upon you so much of our life 
life is a choice far, far more than we realise. Oh, I can't be happy because I don't feel happy. Well, the whole flip side of that is to bring happiness into our life. We have to be happy to attract happiness. It's one of those things that you come into what already is and then more of that will flow. What you honour, you attract. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because those trials of many kinds are outside of you. They're not who you are and they are a passing movement. They are something that's not going to be a part of who you are forever. So it's a choice of considering them as joy because on the other side of the trial comes something far better. Yeah, exactly. Another Osho quote, he says, laughing with you is such a beautiful pure and freeing experience within seconds it takes away all the heaviness and thoughts I like how it says that all the heaviness and thoughts I would like to dance the path with you laughing and laughing what is laughing in you what is laughing in us and wants to laugh in us what is the difference between the Buddha's laugh and the disciples laugh Well, there is no difference. What it is, is that there is oneness found in the laughter. It's like it's this place where we all become one, is in that place of joy. We all of the separation disappears and we come into the fullness of love. The fullness of oneness, the fullness of laughter is found in that place. It's found in joy, like the oneness is found in joy. Otherwise, We're sitting there in the heaviness with our thoughts trying to figure it all out when all we've got to do is step forward, engage in the laughter and we become one. What I find interesting in this world is there's there's two sides to every coin, isn't there? There's, There's always people that want to not agree with laughter being the best medicine because it can bring about some catastrophic event, you know, or you're laughing, laughing at something that doesn't deserve laughter is nonsensical and is a sign of mental health issues you know there's always seems like whatever is put out there in social media world or as an idea there's always these people in the comments section who are opposite you know they're opposed to laughter they're opposed to happiness they're opposed to the good news of of God actually having goodness available for your life there's there's always people who are like yeah but that's not my story that's not how it's worked for me and I was just googling as Kylie was talking about laughter being the best medicine and strangely enough just along comes the very first thing that I look at is laughter's eight benefits and six risks so straight away it's like yeah well laughter is good medicine but be careful and it says here in this article laughter may not be the best medicine but it can help unless it provokes a rare fatal reaction, say researchers in a mostly light-hearted article. Thankfully, it's mostly light-hearted. God is a happy God. I came that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And you can choose to believe that or not. Well, you can. Like that article that you were just getting lost in the ridiculousness of it all, which is that there's always someone that's going to pop their head up and say, yeah, but don't yeah, but forget. that's not my experience. You could, now. if you were laughing too hard, you might choke and then you could die so nobody should laugh because could actually cause death (laughs) yeah but I know somebody that died yesterday how can you be laughing 
<laughs> because that's the very thing that we need in the midst of it all. Now we've got a lawnmower just appearing right next to us, so, so just stick with us as we laugh at the absurdity of recording a podcast with a lawnmower not far away it's from us. so funny. What do you do? Do you laugh? Do you cry? Do you get upset? Oh, here we go. He's just up on the revs just to test out our microphones. He must have seen us looking up at his house going, that's going to be our house. (laughs) That's it, mate. Mow the lawns around our new house. Make it look pretty for us. I appreciate that you're looking after our future house. I love it. In Hebrews 1, it says, He had more joy than all his friends, but he was so full of joy, he was accused of partying too much. Comedy, comedy. When comedy comes into the situation everything is received better. There's an openness when people are laughing. People can laugh at the most inappropriate things in a comedy routine because we're already in that space of that enjoyment. It is this gateway into more. It's a gateway into oneness. It's a gateway into community and connection because in that laughter, we're able to engage with things that we normally would be politically incorrect normally would be offensive to us but it's like in the seriousness and I mean there's a lot of things to be serious about I think one of the ways that you can switch off from the seriousness and realize that we have a life that we can live an abundant life that's filled with freedom and goodness and wonder is that you just stop watching a lot of the seriousness that is being put onto our plates every day we just switch off our tvs we don't turn on the news we don't turn on the radios we don't listen to things that are bringing us into those low frequency spaces that are filling us with fear and opposition to all the goodness that could possibly be happening in our life I think it's quite interesting in this space that we dwell in this mystical conversation space that there is also many sides to this conversation because it's a conversation. It's not a it's not a Kylie and Shauna teaching you how to think or teaching you how to laugh or telling you that you have to laugh, although we think that it's probably a good idea. But I was actually reading something the other day about fasting, you know, fasting is one of those spiritual disciplines that some people say you have to do some people say you don't have to do you know there's many many sides to every conversation depending on where you come at it and what your beliefs are and how you got there and it's it thankfully for us it's an ever-expanding it's a never-ending conversation because that gives us something to do we'll never be able to actually say that we've got it all figured out but I was reading about a man who was fasting and he had fallen short of his proposed 40-day fast and he was very angry with himself and it's not the first time he's tried it he's tried it many many times and he's actually really angry with himself and he's determined to try again because he's destroying his flesh you know so that he can be in a spiritual place of enlightenment with the god he's pleasing god and all of that crap you know that absolute i i know that there is places that you can decide that you're firm on and if you decide that you're firm on the need to fast for 40 days so that you can come into the love of God or whatever it is that you're trying to do, then I'm okay with you doing that. I really am. 
I have to be okay with that because I need you to be okay with what it is that I choose to do with my life. But it's ridiculous. It's honestly, why in the world, apart from the fact that you're providing entertainment for us and we think it's funny and it gives us something to laugh at, why would you think that you need to starve yourself for 40 days to come into the love of God who already loves you? To me, that, as twisted as it sounds, is something that makes me laugh. <laughs> That is actually quite funny. I am so (laughs) loved by the God who created the world that he gave me a life to live here on earth, a place of gratitude, a place of joy, a place of experiencing the wonders of creation, that I have to starve myself for 40 days at a time to be more loved by that same God. And if I fall short of the 40 days, I'm really angry with myself and I have to start all over again. I know. What in the world? I think people do that for entertainment for us. So thank you if you're one of those people doing that. You have entertained me. I love it. And it is an individual walk, isn't it? Each one of us is called to walk in a different way. And for some people, that is their thing. They want to do that fasting journey. And for a whole plethora of reasons. But like you say, if one of those is because you want to feel his love more. You know, sometimes I think that comes out of that place of just wanting to disconnect from those from wrong thinking it's wanting to come out of that place of cleaning our body and our mind of letting go of all of those things that have stood in the way between us and God and not that anything is in the way but I think that because he is within us he's closer than we can ever imagine at all times he he never leaves us so that person that I was talking about before I desperately want to help them you know, I desperately want them to know that God loves them without them having to starve themselves. But I just feel like there's a world full of nearly 8 billion people and most of those people are beyond my help. It's like I just have to let it go. I just have to not even engage in the comment section of those Christian places on, on Facebook where people are saying that this is what they have to do to draw God's love towards them and that I have to let it go or else it becomes that that same I'm I'm operating on that same frequency of you're so absurd in your thinking that now you've drawn me into that same space and now your misery your desire to make God love you in in your mode of starvation has drawn me into that space where I'm actually not full of joy anymore yeah isn't that interesting i know it's crazy it can actually rob us by us think looking around and just being so caught up in how ridiculous everything else is it comes back to that place we're not in this place of a denial of our situations when we want to actually see everything as a divine comedy and actually you know that we're coming into that place where all is well and all shall be well there is something that's bigger that's unfolding what do you mean coming into that space of all is well and all shall be well aren't we in that space all of the time exactly aren't we just forgetting that we're already there it's like the Have we forgotten that we're already saved? You know, like, do we have to get saved? Do we have to do something to get back to that place of being saved again? Is there something we have to do to bring ourselves back closer to God? Or is it actually true that there is no separation whatsoever? There never has been. There's no separation from him, his love, the joy bubble that is available for all of us at all times. Why is it that we find ourselves moving away from that understanding and having to continually draw ourselves back all of the time. Yeah, exactly. Well, it is that thing that is bigger, isn't it? It's like we are so filled 
and so conscious of the things that we already have in and around us that we come into this space of just being filled with the fabulousness of God, with the joy of God, with all of the fruits of the Spirit, like all of those things that bring us into that place that you think, how can we be serious and upset? And all of those things when we're just flowing in the fruits of goodness and wonder and bliss and joy and laughter and kindness and love. But it's so hard. It's actually like a daily choice that we have to make to be in the higher realms of consciousness, which are all those ones of that place of enlightenment where we can actually come into that little giggle, that little bliss that allows us to not be serious about all of those other things that bring us down. So you are in joy. You are surrounded by joy. You are living, breathing within joy all of the time. And there's nothing that you have to do to bring yourself into that place because you're already there. Exactly. Like we're in the Trinity. They're in us at his right hand is pleasure forevermore. The Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, are they like cruising around together, interacting with each other in a state of misery? I don't imagine so. I don't imagine they're too worried about anything. I think that they're in that constant union, in that perichoresis dance of oneness, which Oneness comes out of joy. It comes out of laughter. It comes out of just that little giggle that we were talking about that sometimes we engage with when we're walking up and down the street and how ridiculous everything is and can be. It's not as if our life doesn't have outside circumstances that are going on around our bubble of joy that don't have the ability to (laughs) impact us. Oh, that's right. It's not as if that's not the case for us, as if we just got this life of ease where everything is right all of the time, exactly as we want it to be. But it is the case that a lot of the outside circumstances that are happening in our life that are annoying to us, that we would like to have changed, it is the case that focusing on those things only seems to bring those things more to our focus seems to be all that we see, seems to be attracting more of the same thing that we decide that we want to focus on. And as a result, our mind puts limitations on ourselves. Are we that powerful that we can actually attract towards us the desires of our heart, you know? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Is it possible that all that you have to do is actually delight yourself in him and all of those things will be attracted to you? What you honour, you attract. Are you honouring things that bring you delight or are you honouring spaces of striving to come into the love of God, which produces more striving? does. I know, isn't that weird? There is something really powerful in the energy that we give out attracts more of that same energy back. I look at all of the times where we've had really amazing flow, you know, in our life where we've been really happy, we've been in that place of positive energy, giving out, able to bless and bless and bless and it's like you get into this cycle where that just goes around and around and around and there is this 
you come into this place of abundant flow where it's not just about finances but it's about it's about every aspect of our lives like there seems to be wellness in that space like when I get stressed I have breakouts on my skin like I start to get uh, irritation and and different things like that because I'm trying to take into my own hands my circumstances and fix it and do something about it and and doing it out of that place of stressing about all of the little things rather than coming into that place where you are in that energetic space where people are receiving the very thing that they're needing from your energy space and then in return that starts to come back to you that that energy just starts to build like this circular motion doesn't seem to make any sense so a little while back in one of our podcasts I was talking about how God gave me that sentence miracles signs and wonders happen in me and all around me everywhere I go he gave that to me as I was riding my motorbike to visit some people and I was just saying that over and over and over again day after day after day and you when you say things like that when you say sentences like that you start to actually live in that space of believing that that is true that that is what what is happening in you and all around you everywhere you go but if you allow yourself to at any time feel affected by outside circumstances that are not that reality those sentences can even start to wither away and start to actually not be a part of your vocabulary. I realised that after a while of not saying those sentences for whatever reason, whether I just forgot to say them one day and then that turned into another day and another day and then things start to happen in your life where it's like, oh, actually I'm not feeling as good as I was feeling back there. Things are not functioning as well as I wanted them to function as they were back there. And what do you know? I've actually stopped saying that same sentence as well that miracles signs and wonders happen in me and all around me everywhere I go is it just a matter of you know flicking that switch yet again that conscious understanding that everything is well and everything shall be well and just by saying sentences like that are actually they're actually creating a future they're creating an existence around you that draws more of that goodness towards you I love it it's so true it's so powerful it's like let it be on earth as it is in heaven like joy is this contagious presence it's this sweet place it is the very essence of heaven in that Roland Buck book he talks about when he went to heaven that he said that heaven was just filled with joy and we're in this space of being the conduit between heaven and earth where we're seeing the manifestation of all those things as it is in heaven that it would be on earth as it is in heaven and the he- the heavenly frequency is joy laughter the essence of that giggle that bubble up that place where we can go into and Nancy Cohen speaks about the bubble up place which is this place where you can go into this sweet space of joy that completely tanks you and energizes you and fills you up and gives you a working capacity on far less sleep or far less input into your body that you can actually access that in that place of joy. It's difficult. It's really, really, really difficult. I find that it's difficult. I have a a history of mental health issues from years and years and years ago. They are currently not in my life and haven't been for a long time but it's not like I'm completely unaware of depression or any of those things that were a part of my life and it's frigging difficult to choose to change 
It's really difficult in a place of difficulty, in a place of darkness, in a place of just not even caring and not even believing that anything could ever possibly change for the better. It's a really difficult place to be in, to just go, well, even though I'm in this darkness in my bedroom where I can't even get out of bed and go to work because I just don't believe that there's anything good about this world, it's a really difficult place to actually just say, you know what? I'm in control here and I'm going to change that by changing my thinking. It's really, really difficult. Yeah, I so agree. It is. It's really, really difficult. So how do you change? How do you how do you do that? How do you I've been in those places where I couldn't care whether I lived or breathed or died or I just haven't cared about anything at all myself you my family anybody and I just haven't cared one little bit and the fact that there's people around who are talking about laughter and joy seems like such a distant possibility how in the world do you go from there to there from darkness to light how how do you do that exactly well how did you do that well it's almost like there's a there's a crack in the door you know it's almost like if you just allow yourself to believe that just by pushing that door open a tiny little bit and letting that light come in just a tiny little bit you know just to just experiment to see if it's possible that anything can get better it's like when you make the decision to do that no matter how small that decision is you know whether it's just getting out of bed and moving to the lounge room or getting from the lounge room to outside in your backyard where the sun is or you know all of these things that we talk about knowing and knowing that are good for us it's like as soon as you do any one of those tiny little steps no matter what they are that they produce more light they produce more goodness that they produce more laughter more joy more possibility more hope more desire for things that are better to be your reality but it's like it's like you have to make that decision as tough as that is to hear when you're in that space I know that when you're in that space of darkness that's the last thing that you want to hear somebody say well it's up to you you know you can get yourself out of this place but you have to do something about it but it's true yeah it is true it's true you have to actually open the door just a crack you actually have to do something anything some tiny little movement some tiny little sliver of hope just open that crack of that door and let that tiny little sliver of light in and just see if it produces more of the same yeah absolutely it is like a choice and it's not like a choice it is a choice it's and and i think that one of the things that we when we find ourselves in those pits of despair is that we don't feel like it is a choice we feel like it's been bestowed upon us and I think part of that kind of victim mentality part of that space that we have in our culture is that things are bestowed upon us they're out of our realms of control to do anything about with and so therefore we expect the answer to be bestowed upon us too we expect it to just fall out of the sky but actually we're we are not understanding that we have the power within us to be able to make the changes that we seek. And as I've been talking about that, you know, I'm fully aware of the fact that without you being my wife, that I would not have even had the ability to open the crack in the door. So it's not like as I talk about you needing to make a decision to to step into some better place yourself. It's not like anyone 
in existence. Anybody listening to this podcast doesn't have the availability of someone, somewhere. You know, there is a phone call that you can make. There is a text message that you can send. I know that for me, it's easy because I'm married to you. I'm married to a person of joy anyway. And as I've been talking, I've just been thinking about people in our lives that can actually say things like that to me and that actually have said things like that to me. It's easy for you, Sean, like, you know, you're married, you've got kids, like you've got all of these things available to you that I don't have. But we all have someone we all have God at the very least you know we all have the ability to cry out to him and say please can you help me open this door please can you if you're real can you please open this door for me and just allow just a sliver of something to come in that will give me some momentum forward that will bring about change so it's also very very easy in that place of feeling like you're the loneliest desperate hard most hard done by person in the world it's very easy to be in that space going it's all right for everyone else because they have this and they have that and they have this and they have that but we all have the ability to even just think god you know you don't even have to say you don't have to verbalize it out loud but you can just actually just think about him and think about whether he would design you for something more than what you have already does he is it possible that god has designed you not to function in a place of darkness but he has actually put deep within inside you the ability to lead a life of even if you can't think about the fullness of existence right now is it possible that he can just give you the energy to get out from underneath your doona yeah that's right exactly Well, he just wants us to be in that place of overflow with him. And I just know when I was suffering from postnatal depression and in that really, really dark time and we were having a hard time in our own relationship during that time, you were like working a lot and also dealing with your own issues that you're talking about now. And I feel like at that time, I was unable to talk to anybody because when I would talk to someone, if you ever found out that I had spoken to someone, you were not happy about it because it was like, you're, sh- you're shedding a bad light on me. You're making me look like I'm a bad husband. Like, So I felt very alone in that walk because for me, I was like, well, I can't talk to anybody about my issues because who do I have? I've got no one. I can't verbalize this to anybody. So that's when I started. I realized that I had this whole other dimension of relationship with God where he would take me into the deep, deep places with him where I could walk with Jesus in those spaces and I could actually come into the light with him. I actually didn't need to share it with anybody. And I'm not saying not to share it with people. If you have someone you can talk to, that is wonderful because it is very special to be able to work through things. And sometimes if you're a verbal processor, just talking about what you're going on is the key to unlocking seeing a solution because you don't actually need anyone to give you the answer because the answer is already within you. You just need to put all of those words out there into the atmosphere and let them go. But for me, I just, I needed to dive deep into the quiet places with him. And and he took me as my therapy in those spaces into nature. So I would go to the park with the kids. I would just 
be in those places anytime we got to walk on the golf course, anytime we got to go to the beach or any of those different things, they would be this beautiful place of connection with God and like this tanking up where I started to find my joy again, where I started to just be able to have these little giggles in those places where I wasn't jeopardizing our relationship in like putting all of our dirty laundry out there because I don't want to say how things are I want to actually say how things can be and he taught me in those places to that I would speak those things that were not as though they were and then I started speaking all this powerful language then and this is just like what Sean was talking about with um, before about miracles happen in me and all around me everywhere I go it's like we are starting to frame up our future with our words we are speaking these things into existence because this is the power that we have within us to create our own lives and yeah it's powerful miracles signs and wonders happen in me and all around me everywhere I go that's because God who created the world also created me and he has infinite possibilities not just for me but for you as well God did not create us to just be meat sacks who work for so many years of our life to then get unwell and to die and to go to heaven after that to celebrate what was or to celebrate the fact that we actually got to die like death isn't our victory life is our victory he created us for life and life more abundant and in that place of believing that that is true there is endless possibilities he created us to be able to walk around and heal not only ourselves but other people not even by laying on hands or praying but just by walking down the street or riding your motorbike through a town that miracles signs and wonders would happen in me and all around me everywhere I go is not just for me it's but it's for you and it's for everybody or it's not you know do you get to choose because if you limit your thinking to the God of just the way that things have always been I just can't even think like that I just can't even think that that's possible because if that's the case nothing makes sense to me if all we ever do is all that has ever happened then it just doesn't make sense to me that the God of all creation and all ability would create us to just do the same thing over and over and over. It doesn't make sense. I'm not okay with that. I don't believe that that's the case. So the opposite of that is that all things are possible, including that there will be money flowing into our bank accounts right now just because it's attracted to us. It knows that we like having it and spending it, giving it away and using it, putting fuel in our motorbike. There is endless possibilities for us or not you know that for me there just has to be it's the open door it's the sliver of light allowed in through the door that tells me that all things are possible because if I don't allow myself to believe that the radical things of miracle signs and wonders etc happening in and around me if I don't allow myself to think that that is true then I feel like I've pulled that door completely shut and I'm sitting in a place of darkness knowing that the outcome is just going to be some death imminent death in the future you know suffering and death and that's just how it is and I just I just can't actually believe no matter how difficult things are I can't actually get my thinking around the fact that God would create 
create me or this world or you for that limited capacity. I just can't even enter into my thinking anymore. It's just, it's not there. It's not possible. There is more. There is better. How it comes about is another thing, but maybe it's just allowing the door, you know, that I keep on talking about a door into a room, just a, a little crack in the door being open where there's enough of him, enough light coming into the room, just enough hope that things will get better. Maybe that's all that you have to do and, and it will just keep coming because as soon as I can visualize that door being closed, I can visualize being in that place of believing that nothing is possible and I just can't. I can't function like that. Yeah, not at all. In Romans 12, 12, it says, let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. In Philippians, it says, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life and let your joy overflow. And in Proverbs, it says, a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both our body and our soul. But the one whose heart is crushed will struggle with sickness and depression. Oh, that doesn't sound very good, Kylie. I was just thinking how grateful I am. And gratefulness, gratitude is a place to, is a really good space to allow yourself to enter when you wake up in the morning. If you can just, before you actually even get out of bed, just remember that word gratitude and just think about one thing, two things, three things that you're grateful for. Just even tiny little things, even the fact that you're in a bed that you're in a house, in a bed, that you're not down by the banks of the river in some place because you don't have a home. Just allow yourself to wake up in a place of gratitude and start the day there. And then maybe it is possible that throughout the day that laughter will become a part of your existence because that's what the topic of today is, that laughter is the best form of medicine and it certainly hasn't felt like we've been doing much laughing. But (laughs) maybe we've been entering the conversation and eradicating all of the parts of our understanding that eliminate us from laughing, that reduce us to believing that world is miserable. Maybe we just need to talk those out just to shine the light on those, you know, and that's that. That's what Kylie was talking about before too, you know, when, when she found herself in a place of not allowing, of me not allowing her to share our difficulties with other people was actually producing a kind of festering to occur in her as well. Because if you can't actually bring something to the light, if you can't share it with other people, if you can't, if you don't know and you don't believe that there's a God that you can share it with and you can't expose light to it, then it has the ability also to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So talking about the difficulties of our existence, the difficulties of our past is also exposing that to light and allowing it to not be in our existence anymore. So thank you for listening to the miserable conversation that we've had today around laughter. It seems like it's been miserable. It seems like that that is what happens in our conversations a bit, but it is also a part of just exposing it to light so that it's gone forever. Yeah, absolutely. It so is. And I just thought, you know, one of one of the beautiful places of laughter that has followed us around and especially in the last couple of years has been the laughter of the kookaburra. And so I just wanted to finish with just a little activation. It's laughter. It's this sweet giggle that turns into this full-blown laugh and you can hear it bubbling up in the morning. They they typically do a lot of their laughing in the early mornings and, and it starts with this, you know, this kookaburra and then it just takes on this whole nother level of goodness they put their head back and they just they're just filled with this 
overflow of goodness and joy. It's just like loud. And and then, you know, when there's like two or three of them, isn't it just awesome? It's just like it brings a smile to my face and it makes me just want to jump on board with them. I love them. I love them. Just thought we could just do a really basic activation that you can just do right now. Just imagine in this space right now something really beautiful. As you're imagining, I'm perfectly coated in the bliss of the goodness of God. I am in the blissfully delicious place of oneness. And if you can't feel that, then just allow yourself, like the kookaburra, to just start with a little giggle, to just be like, like just a little bubbling up, a little it's just like I'm feeling my father's love for me within me I'm feeling this place of just letting myself go I'm stepping out of that place of my worries in my mind like Sean was talking about that meditative state where you can come into that place of gratitude and then just think about that beautiful place that you're imagining Ooh. <laughs> and just the glory that's in that laugh just that laughter (laughs) and just feel yourself floating in the deliciousness of what it was that beauty that you'd first imagined because we're all in this together We're in this dance together. We are entwined and entangled in this oneness. And when we come into the power that's found in the oneness, we can come through that gateway of laughter, that gateway of joy, that gateway of wonder that takes us into the spaces of enlightenment and allows us to see things as they are and not the reality of that but the essence of how they should be, those things that are not as though they are, the fullness of what it is within us that we are bringing forth on the earth as it is in heaven, so it shall be on earth. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today as we've been recording it down by the banks of the river. Thank you for listening and thank you to our supporters via Patreon, those people that have made it possible for us to be here. Wow, we were just talking about it earlier this morning when we were down the street about the people that have come alongside us, the people that have supported what it is that we've been doing for the entirety of last year. And we're just so grateful for people that have invested in what it is that we believe to be possible we thank you for partnering and joining with us believing that for yourself that what we also believe is possible for you so we just join with you today in saying thank you to you for supporting us we join with you in agreeing that the desires that you have for your future and for your children's futures are not only possible but happening yeah absolutely 
And we thank you that you would partner with us in believing that all things are possible. And we deeply desire that a part of your partnering with us brings to fruition your dreams. We know people that are musicians. We know people in businesses. We know people that have businesses that are birthed deep inside them that have not seen the light of day. We know that lots of people have desires that we don't know anything about. But we just thank you for believing that what we see to be possible that you're bringing that about and we partner with you that that is the case for you as well. Yeah, we absolutely do. We're so grateful each and every one of you and we just love you guys. So be blessed and be blissed. We look forward to sharing more with you again next week right here on Wildfire Tribe. Thanks for joining us. Bye.